Welcome to the Sisters in Crime Writers Podcast. Everyone has a unique writing journey, so join us for conversations about those journeys from the writers themselves. the Executive Director of Sisters in Crime, and I am delighted to welcome George Kramer to the podcast today. George, who is an enrolled descendant of the Karuk Tribe of California and enjoyed a 40-year investigative career in law enforcement and private and corporate investigations. He attended the Institute of American Indian Arts, earning his MFA in creative writing. As a corporate and private investigator, George conducted thousands of investigations throughout the Americas and Asia. He kept his investigative skills honed by volunteering as a missing person investigator at a California police department. George's short stories and poems have been published in numerous online and printed anthologies. His first book in his Hector Miguel Navarro series was published in May 2023. George, welcome to the podcast. Good morning, and it's great to be here. Um, I'm going to start the conversation where I always start conversations with writers and, you know, ask, when did you say I want to write a book or, you know, I want to write in general? Well, up until around 2011, 2012, I never, ever considered uh, being a writer, Uh, but I took a class. Uh, that I thought would help my resume, and it turned about to be creative writing. And within just a couple of sessions, I fell in love with uh, fiction writing. So tell me about building the skills and sort of, it's one thing to take a class, but it's another thing to then start writing short stories and think about novels and things. How did all that evolve? Well, when I started this class, uh, you know, they'd have different assignments and we'd write a little stuff and everybody would listen to it and comment. And it was very, very basic. And uh, actually, some of the worst advice I ever got was just write as you know. Uh, So I started uh, writing uh, short stories about police and investigative events. And I had, you mentioned I was an investigator off and on for 40 years. I started writing police reports, and they're not good fiction writing. So that's when I uh, decided to, to go back to school. And I went to the local community college and had some fantastic writing instructors who taught me about structure and uh, a plot. And I learned about uh, uh, IAIA, Institute of American Indian Arts. So I enrolled there and uh, actually in that original writing class, uh, one day, the instructor passed out some uh, random uh, pictures, and mine was of two young girls staring up the Mona Lisa. And the assignment was to take 15 minutes and describe the scene. Well, I had what the, you know, I hate to use the word epiphany, but I, I had an epiphany. I'm going to write a novel about these two girls and the Mona Lisa. And so I started work on the Mona Lisa sisters. Uh, going to college, going to the master's program, and eight years of writing. And, and actually, uh, 
it became my uh, master's thesis, the Mona Lisa sisters. And uh, I probably had to rewrite it 20 times because I was constantly learning new things of, uh, about writing. I uh, joined a, uh, a couple of uh, critique groups. And boy, then I really started learning. Um, my first critique group was really for brand new writers. And I just, I just picked up on things that I didn't care for. But the next group, the next two groups, which lasted over 15, close to 15 years, I take that back close to 13 years, uh, were strong, strong writers. And I was in, uh, in over my head. So it was, and it was hard to swim with them, but I did not give up. And I learned a great deal from them. And I'm still learning every day. It's, um, I think, challenging after having had a successful career in one field to be willing to be an apprentice, to, to learn a new craft. Um, and, but it sounds like you were open to that and open to the learning. Was it because you fell in love with writing or what kept you going and, and you know, and being humble enough to say, okay, I'm not, help me be better? Well, you know, I originally went to that class at the uh, local senior center, a place I swore I'd never go. But, uh, uh, and uh, it's, sometimes it's difficult, but it just, I like writing. And uh, the challenge of, and I learned it really soon, the challenge of giving up the poli police report and becoming a creator. Yeah. Uh, and I do believe that authors are artists. And our, our medium is the, is the written word. And uh, I, I can't pat, paint, draw, or anything else. I can't. I never even learned how to play the drums, and I was in a band for two years. <laughs> um, and I wanted to succeed, and I and I finally found an art that I could work in, uh, and that uh, create things that uh, I loved. Uh, and uh, some of them uh, were entered into uh, anthologies and programs, and other people liked some of my work. You know, so so my art grew, and I look back on that first book, The Mona Lisa. I, I had to read it uh, along with a uh, a narrator, word for word, here a couple of months ago, and I realized that I really need now to rewrite that book uh, to make it a better piece of work. Well, our first book is so often the book that teaches us how to write. Until you write the second book, you don't know how to write, fix the first book. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. <laughs> Was the Mona Lisa Sisters a uh, crime novel? No, it had nothing to do with police. Well, in a way it did. No, it was an historical fiction set in the 1890s from a woman's point of view. Well, you didn't make it easy did you <laughs> no no you know, you know i i'm really proud of of that piece of work uh but as a i won't say i'm an accomplished writer but as a more learned writer uh i can see where uh 
it could be reworked easily. Yeah. But your is your short fiction all in crime fiction? No. Um, my first uh, short fictions, uh, flash fictions, were about uh, veterans. And uh, I, I, I don't claim to really know and understand veterans. I spent uh, uh, two and a half years in the Navy uh, as a personnelman uh, in Alameda, California. You know, I'm born and raised here, never left the state uh, until after I got out of uh, uh, out of the Navy. Uh, but I wrote about, I had friends who, you know, a number of friends, Vietnam veterans, Vietnam veterans. Uh, mm -hmm. veterans and i and i wrote about uh like the dying process a healing process and i also did write short story fictions uh i'm better at flash fiction than than the longer short stories uh about some police experiences and then because you've got an interesting background as an investigator um and i'm sure uh well i don't know through Sisters in Crime, people must ask you for technical advice. I mean, do you do you help other writers sort of get it right when you're right when they're writing their own procedurals? If they ask me, I try to help. I've been retired a long time, but you mentioned I did. Uh, I volunteered at a local police department for five years until COVID hit. Uh, working missing persons and cold cases. Mm -hmm. And so I got a, a look at the uh, differences. And I can tell you that uh, it's like going to outer space in another planet from when I was a policeman uh, working the streets to, to what it is now. Complete. Heck, we didn't even have computers when I first started. Yeah. Well, it's changed. The world has changed so much in a relatively short time as far as technology goes. You know, you even watch television shows from 10 years ago and that that is completely <laughs> different than it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So tell me about tell me about working into writing the book that you're writing now, which I'm is it a series that you're working on? Um, yeah. yeah. Yes, it is a series. Um, my second book was a uh, strictly uh, uh, crime, historical crime fiction, but I wanted to write more about uh, current times without getting bogged down in the uh, computer age and all of that stuff. And I also wanted to tell us a, a story where I could incorporate uh, uh, vignettes, let's say, uh, from my my years as an investigator, as a police officer. So uh, I would take an incident that occurred uh, and really change it and, and, and build it into the story for some of the scenes and to help develop the characters. Uh, my hero is Hector McGill Navarro, uh, and uh, one of my very best friends, her son is Hector McGill Navarro, and I really admire him, so I got his permission to use his name. Uh, and that gave me a chance to... Uh, address a little bit on the uh, the ethnic side of of uh, the Hispanic folks, and I go to them for help with it. But let me take one incident. Uh, there was an incident once that occurred where an officer uh, tripped and fell 
uh, during a, uh, a search at a robbery, and his gun went off. Uh, the bullet ricocheted and hit another officer in the heart, and of course he died. Because that was before we had uh, uh, protective vests. It was a real tragedy, but it was something that happens in real life. Uh, and and I've heard of a few other stories where uh, officers uh, had accidental discharge, and somebody, uh, a police officer, somebody else was wounded or killed. Uh, and I wanted this book to show what it's like being inside a police department. Uh, I wanted it. I wanted people to get a feel for the fact that police officers are just people in a very unique job. Uh, so I worked that in. I knew an alcoholic officer, a functional a couple of functional alcoholics. So I I, I worked that in. Uh, and it's not to the detriment or to knock down the police, but it's to show that we experience problems, you know, mm -hmm. just like the rest of the world. You mentioned that you are writing from a point of view that is different from uh, your own and, and that you you get, you know, you, you do research into that in order to make the voice authentic. Can you tell me a little bit more about that work? Because that's important to, to make sure the voice is authentic. Yeah, and I'm not afraid to go out and ask for advice or, or whatever. Uh, I'm not 100% uh, on... Uh, you can never write from another uh, point of another uh, racial point of view. Uh, I think you can, but you have to validate it. And I have one scene uh, in in my uh, uh, person, my uh, guest, so to say, in the book, although she's throughout the book and has a growing uh, is a black female lesbian single mom, and. Uh, so I wrote I wrote this scene, and for me it felt good. It felt like it was there was it was an honest, open scene. So I happened to know a black female police officer, lesbian, with a single mom. So I took it to her and I said, "I want you to read this for me and tell me if it works or not, or what if I'm out of bounds." Well, she read it and she came back and she told me. Everything that, that this gal said, I would have said exactly the same way and probably would have uh, cursed out the uh, the other person a little more. So, you know, and I, I do that. Uh, I get asked to uh, be a uh, sensitivity reader from time to time because my uh, uh, indigenous background, which is not 100% by a long shot, but, and, and I'll read it, but you... But what people don't understand is there are over 500 separate tribes, all with their own language in this giant country. So if it works for me, that's great. But the next person down the road, it might not work for. And rarely do I find these writers who are courageous enough or conscientious would be a better word to ask for uh, some uh, sensitivity, even from me that I've only ever seen one thing that I asked them to change. And that was a, a engine. Uh, and the way it was written, uh, 
did, was not good. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. I hope that works for you or answers your question. It does. I, I think it's a um, it's a complicated question that a lot of people are wrestling with, and uh, I, you know, being open to the conversation and having people give you honest feedback is part of the process. Yep. You also said that you you're. You know, your first book was a historical, um, you know, your current series is current day, but it sounds like you're, you enjoy looking at the historicals as well. Tell me about your, cause that's another layer of work is to make it authentic for that time. I mean, that's not a, that's not a small lift. Tell me about, is there a period you're most interested in or a reason that a period interests you? Again, uh, the Mona Lisa sisters was basically a one-off because of that picture. But historically, I my uh, my bachelor's degree is history, uh, oh. and I've always enjoyed history. And, and until I got into writing, I read a lot of historical uh, work and biographies. I don't have time for uh, a lot of fun reading right now, but I do. Uh, and I like the research, uh, and I did a lot of research with uh, Mona Lisa. And part of my wanting to redo uh, Mona Lisa is that, you know, they talk about that. You go down the rabbit hole uh, with research going farther and farther and farther. And there are a couple of scenes in Mona Lisa that I found extremely interesting, but they do nothing to advance the story. Uh, so they're, I don't think any word is wasted, but... Uh, no, they did not. They didn't. It didn't advance the story. I wouldn't write it that way in the future. I still do research, like uh, with book two, which is semi-historical, uh, the robbers and cops, which goes from the 30s to the 70s, uh, and uh, I wanted everything in there to be historically accurate. Uh, and my wife is the one who really slapped my hand about uh, historical accuracy. I had a, uh, a character reading a newspaper uh, in, uh, in book two. I got her to read the book and give me some advice. And she got to the fourth chapter and she says, I'm not reading any father. Do you have this man reading a newspaper that was not there? <laughs> so she, uh, so she, knew enough to say you've got to do more homework before we're going to I'm going to go forward on this. Yes. Yeah. And it's the second book in your current series so is it No 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 that's the second book. I've written Okay. three books uh Mona Lisa the Robbers and Cops uh, and the uh New Liberty. I'm in the process of writing book 2 in the Hector McGill Navarro series uh, okay. Unfinished Business. And so the um, Hector Miguel Navarro series, uh, this your first. This is your first published novel. So you've written a, a couple more um, as you're learning. Um, what about this? You know, what about the series? You found a character you like. You like the current day. Um, you know, but where did the germ of the idea come? Like, what what was the thing that made you say, "Oh, this is a book. This is what I want to do." It, well, what. We talk about arc and the character arc, and I wanted to, Hector to really grow and mature. And in one book, 
I couldn't, there was, I knew I couldn't get him to where I wanted him when he retires. Uh, I'm a huge fan of Michael Connolly's Bosch series. And Harry, you know, goes through all kinds of arcs and grows. And, uh, you know, I'm no Michael Connolly, never will be. But uh, I, I wanted to try to uh, not emulate him, but follow the lead that he, that he set out there for. Let's let this guy uh, in J.A. Jantz. She's absolutely, you know, wonderful. Uh, I want my character to grow mature over a period of time. And in one book, you know, some authors can do it, but the amount of growth I wanted and change just did not fit into one book. Uh, I wanted him to experience uh, uh, different things. And so uh, uh, in the first book, uh, he goes from being very, very naive through a lot of uh, trials and tribulation. In the book that I'm currently writing, Unfinished Business, he's about the quarter way where I want his maturity and growth and leadership. And what I've done with him in, in book two and we're going to do in book three is I just could not cram that into one book. I mean, my life, you read a little bit about it. I was an investigator in various forms for 40 years. Uh, that's hard to put into one book. And I want, for, I, want, I want to get him to retirement. So I'll continue writing about Hector uh, becoming, you know, part of me. You know? yeah. So I want, to, I want to knock him down build him up, you know, give him some of those conflicts. Uh, and uh, in the in book one, I didn't really get into it. But in book two, he's suffering some PTSD, some flashbacks, some very terrible things. And thank God he has a supportive wife. Uh, helps him keep from bringing it to work. Um, I, I what I'm hearing you say, and and I love this conversation because I, I it's a conversation that writers have, and that uh, that I think it's, it's great to talk about is the growth, you know, character arcs and scenes having to to work. They can be a beautiful scene, but you don't want to leave the scene in that people are going to skip. <laughs> you know, you want it, everything's going to serve a purpose. Um, you know, I use the term apprentice, but this is, you know, as you're working on your craft, you you build these skills. Uh, and, you know, the Michael Conley and the J.A. Jantz uh, examples are great ones because they they grow, but they also go backwards and sideways and get pushed. You know, it's not simple for the, the author doesn't make the life simple for these characters. It sounds like you're not making it simple for your characters as well. No, no. I'm just trying to make them real people. And boy, we have issues, you know, uh, and you know, I'm not without, uh, issues. Uh, and, uh, sometimes, I try to translate some of the things that I experienced personally uh, in there. And I find that the hardest to do. Now I can write about you all day long and your, your faults and your, your greatness. But when it comes to me, I get bored after about two paragraphs. 
Um, you talked earlier about the worst piece of writing advice, or one of the worst pieces, was just write what you know. Um, and for you, it was as an officer and as a detective writing reports, so that's not helpful. Um, no. What's other good advice you've gotten, or other bad advice? Like, what what have you learned to date that that you feel like helps you and might inspire other folks? Well, I've, I've heard it from a lot of people. And uh, and Hemingway, I'm a fan of Hemingway. And it's the best advice from a variety of sources, including my sister's, is write one sentence. Sit down and write one sentence, then write one more sentence. And pretty soon, the mind is opening and you are writing lots of sentences. Uh, And when when I get myself to do that the way it's supposed to be done. It's like in a, uh, with, when the endorphins kick in and it just feels wonderful to create something new. And that first sentence is what gets me there. Do you, um, you talked about character arcs through the series and every, do you plot or are you a pantser? What's your process like? My process sucks. Uh, I, I hate, I absolutely hate uh, outlines. So I'm basically a pantser, but I'm starting to to change a little bit because, well, like I'm, there's three books in process on Hector and I forget where I'm at. I forget who did what. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, starting to write a spread spreadsheet a good friend of mine told me write a spreadsheet for each chapter are you seeing and uh, i recently did that with uh, uh, unfinished business and i found i had eight that's it the number eight eight chapters out of order and so i had to go through and figure out exactly where they went you know, because I had things happening that couldn't happen because somebody was no longer in the book or, you know, they've been promoted. Uh, and so I, I'm i working with that spreadsheet. In fact, today I'm going to start redoing the spreadsheet because I'm positive that I have a couple of chapters that really need to be moved. And to help me figure out my, I need four more chapters and it, this will help me get in the right place. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of uh, that's a lot of work <laughs> making. <laughs> you know, making because once you move something around, it makes the book better. But then you have to re- redo everything, every time reference, every place <laughs> reference, everything, so it matches up. Yeah. Um, you mentioned that you you learned from your sisters, and you talked about sisters in crime. Um, uh, you know, you've mentioned it before. Uh, tell me what community has meant to you in your writing. Sisters, I've, I've joined over the last 10 or 12 years in uh, several different writing groups. And uh, I, I went to a sister's meeting. Uh, and uh, the president was a guy. <laughs> you know, I was like, whoa, this chapter remember, this is a guy. 
And I started interacting with a few of the sisters. Uh, so I joined the local sisters group. And I actually, I think I'm long to five now because they're supportive. They don't look at me, you know, I may be wrong, but I look at, at you and me and most of my sisters as writers first. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, the fact that most of them are, are ladies doesn't ma- make any difference. And I've developed some friendships. And uh, I've, I've learned by reading the work of a number of the uh, authors, especially out of the Colorado chapter, uh, there are some fantastic writers there that, in my opinion, should be on the New York uh, Times bestselling list. They're so absolutely Awesome, and I know I'll never catch up to them, but writing, reading how, and writers should read, reading their work and seeing how how they put things together has been wonderful, and they've been so supportive of, of, of me. Uh, I, I just, it's probably the best group of peers I've ever belonged to, and uh, until the day I die, I will be a Mr. with the sisters. <laughs> well, Sisters in Crime, you know, was was as you know, I mean, it was founded to to you know promote the work of of women crime writers and has expanded over time, but it never excluded men. So it's always been open to all genders and and really wants to be an organization where all writers belong, where you just belong and you found your yeah. people once you join. Um, yes. And the five different chapters isn't, uh, you know, several people do that because you can, they're online chapters, there are other chapters, and, and that's a great way to meet community as well. Yes, yes. Do you? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. I was going to say that, you know, that's probably the only good benefit of the of the COVID time is that it's opened up so much within Sisters and... There's hardly, there's never a week that doesn't go by that at one of the chapters, whether it's one of those that I belong to or another chapter, that they're not putting on a program that helps the author, helps the writer with the craft. And so I I see, I go to places that I never would have been able to go to before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, um, meeting in person is great, but it's this being able to virtually talk to people and keep up with them and, you know, attend things that you couldn't attend has been, uh, it has been a benefit of a difficult time. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what's next for you? You're working on these next two books and do you think it's going to be three book series or are you, you imagining that it may go beyond that or. I'm hoping to go beyond that. But, you know, let's get these three done and and then think about number four. Uh, because I have a, a scheme, you know, in, in book one, uh, we were involved deeply with human trafficking. Uh, in book two, uh, some criminal gangs and murderers. And in book three, it won't be the main thing, but I want to address uh, missing and murdered indigenous women. Uh, it's out there. It's big time. Big time. It's terrible time. But I've already uh, done some work on that. Uh, the hardest part of book three right now is I'd like to find somebody who's involved 
here's my pitch, who's involved in MLIW, Missing Murder, Indigenous Women, uh, to write a forward for me uh, uh, to, you know, explain the problem. Uh, but for book four, I'm not sure what I'm going to, I haven't had that, oh, I know what I'm going to write about in book four. Uh, you know, I'm old and slow and I can't get that far ahead. But I believe that by the time I uh, uh, really get into uh, book three, book four will start, will be formatting in, in my mind. So what advice would you give somebody who, uh, Part of the conversation and, and part of what I'm finding fascinating is that you didn't you didn't come to this till you know later, um, but you've embraced it and you you've explored it and you're you're doing it. And so, what what advice do you give somebody who may have always wanted to do this at some point, but for whatever reason hasn't, um, but maybe at a point where they're like, I I think I want to try, but I'm afraid I'm going to fail. Well, you're going to fail. You know, let's face it. Uh, if you don't fail, you can't grow. But my advice to somebody uh, that was like me or or just decides they would really write, like to write that book. And I get tired of hearing people tell me that, yeah, I've got a book in me and someday I'll write it. Well, sit down, write that first sentence. Don't worry about the grammar and the spelling and all the other crap. Write that first sentence, second, second and write the entire manuscript and it will be total crap you know it will be uh everybody who's written a book that first manuscript in fact even some of the people who are uh really dynamite writers and have a dozen or two dozen books under their belt often their first manuscript is crap but it gets the idea it gets the story down and then you can start building from that. And th those revisions are so much fun. It's like I mentioned a couple of incidents, you know, right in that first draft, it's like, make a note, add this scene at some point in time. And then you go back and you, you start building and correcting, uh, you know, just sit out and write and don't care about anything other than getting that written word down and you'll be it'll be crap but you'll be happy it'll make you feel good well and the advice of breaking it down to just get a scene written just a paragraph don't think about writing eighty thousand words think about writing 10 <laughs> you know is is really good advice because it can be daunting when you hold Michael Conley book in your hand or J.A. Jan's book <laughs> in your hand and say this is what I want to do but they don't write, they don't write, J.A. Jance doesn't write a perfect first, you know, I mean, it's, uh, I mean, she's been doing it a while, so, so I'm sure her drafts are better than they were, but as you said, everybody's first draft is Drek, so, you know, don't let that stop you. Yeah, you know, and I've met J.A. Jance a couple of times, and she's just really a, a darling person, and she, she admits that, you know, the first draft is just that it's a first draft yeah i did a podcast interview with her um a few months ago and she's uh she's amazing because she's still writing three series and she's she's you know 
she's had an incredible career, but she's worked very hard for that incredible career. So yes, she um, has. Yeah. Um, well, I this is a great conversation, and I think we've hit on a, a lot of topics that I think are important for folks to to hear about. You know, writing um, sensitivity readers, writing from different points of view character arcs you know what other what other things do you wrestle with as a writer that you think might be something that that you'd love people to think about or you like to talk to other writers about well i talk with one writer almost every daily almost daily and we alternate and we will take one or two chapters and we will just do everything in our power to make the words stronger Mm -hmm. make the scene really belong in the book and of course what occasionally we find we'll go through it that's a really great piece of work for that chapter george but it doesn't belong in this book well i take that and i put it in a folder entitled stuff because i'm going to find some place to use that some other time yeah uh, another thing that i struggle with is finding time uh, for recreational, and that's not really a good term, but for for reading other people's work. And I'd like to mention one that I'm reading right now that I never thought I never heard of, but I went to a writer's retreat, Capital Crime Sisters in Crime put on for five days, and the, the instructor was Yasmin Ango, A-N-G-O-E. And uh, her first book is, her name is Night. And I'm not going to get into what's this plot story. But she puts scenes together in such a way that I'm in awe, you know. And I have, my kids bought me a, a, a Kindle so that I could read anywhere. And I love it because I can make notes. And once in a while, I'll write, and I'll be honest with you, I'll write in there, I need to steal this, you know, not word for word or plagiarism, but the idea or how she puts things together. Uh, I wish I had more time to read work yeah. like that. Well, it also changes as you're a writer you read other people's writing and you automatically click into how did they do that? What, did, you know, what you, so sometimes you'll read something and just get lost. You just, it's, it's completely enjoyable. But then as a writer, you still, you, then you start at the beginning and say, okay, <laughs> why did this work? So it's hard to turn off the writer brain. Yeah. You know, and I've heard the term and I can't tell you how many times or where, but read as a writer, you know, yeah. And sometimes, sometimes I'd like to turn that off and just, you yeah. know, and yeah. uh, J.A. Jance, I'm able to do that more than with others because I just love her work. Uh, of course, I still see the things that I need to think about, but I've been following her, I don't know, 25 years, uh, and I'll continue to follow her. Well, and, and it is sometimes with characters that you know well over a series, it's like revisiting friends. It's, you know, okay, let me let me catch up to their lives. So that makes it enjoyable as well. Yes. Well, 
Um, thank you for a great conversation and thank you for being a member of Sisters in Crime. Um, and uh, I will add uh, Yasmin's uh, book to the notes here so that folks can read her name is right. Night. You're right. It's she's she's a great thriller writer. Um, so, uh, yeah, thank you so much for a great conversation. Thank you very much. Uh, I have to admit I was had a little uh anxiety thinking and anticipation of this you have put me completely at ease i have had a ball talking with you so i thank you and i thank yeah. sisters well i love talking to writers so uh thank you for your time and uh happy new year <laughs> and happy new year to you thank you for being with us today Sisters in Crime is about community. We were founded to advocate for women crime writers, and we continue that mission by fighting for equity in the crime writing community. Sisters in Crime is an international, inclusive organization for all who write and love crime fiction, mystery, thrillers, and suspense. Join us at sistersincrime.org and make sure you subscribe to this podcast.